Thank you so much for that, Jennifer. Good morning once again. There are times in my life when I'm really down. And in those moments when life is really hard, one thing I like doing is to listen to some music or sing some songs that are just there to uplift my spirit. And uh, preparing for this sermon, one of these songs I just crossed my mind again and again that uh, no matter what I see, no matter what we face, there are better tomorrows. Join me in singing or listening as it comes on the screen. My tomorrow must be greater than today. His hands are not short, that he cannot reach to you. His eyes are never blind, he cannot see your teeth. My tomorrows must be greater than today. God, through his servant Paul, through this passage, wants just to convey, among many things, this thought that are on the screen, that believers are destined for glory. We are destined friends for glory. A total glory. The day when we will be totally free from sin, from Satan, from curse, and all the pain that is involved. With a resurrected and transformed body. Fully and finally redeemed, glorified in and with Christ. The blessedness that we are to enter, not only now, but one day. 
this glorious and blessed state for us believers it's coming let us pray Father, I pray this morning that as we listen to your word, no matter what we are facing and how we feel, would you fill our heart and our mind with this hope of glory that is coming? So that today we may know and be encouraged to live as a people who are destined for glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This passage is filled with the theme of the coming glory. Needless me to say that if you look at verse 18, the glory is there. You look at verse 21, you see the theme of glory. And then Paul comes to verse 30 saying, do you know, it's not just something you are waiting and expecting as if it will never happen, but it is certain The certainty of that glorification which is to come will not fail. But we are in the waiting period between now and that time. One of the key things or key features between now and then in this waiting period is that this waiting period is a period filled with suffering and death. Creation itself suffered and is groaning. It has been already 27 meetings of this called COP, 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 COP. And it's not achieving anything. And the 28 one, I don't see what is going to achieve anything. The world, the creation, is groaning with the eager expectation for that day. We believers are also suffering. Many, as we speak, are being persecuted. Others are filled with illness. And what about those occurring illness or terminal is an illness? Or how was our brother this morning eating Tamara facing this time? Those filled with bereavement going through hunger. I got a friend who lost a son. At that time, he wrote a book, It Hurt. And after 53 years, as he was looking back, they asked him, how do you feel? 
he say, it still hurt and wrote another one. Suffering. How do we view suffering? Yes, glory is there, but today we are suffering. It's painful. How do you view suffering? Well, suffering for believers, first of all, it is unavoidable because we must follow Christ's own road to glory. Verse 7 has that trans transition between this amazing thought, we are heir, we are co-heir, and then we are to be glorified if we share also the suffering. Suffering, my friends, are unavoidable as believers because we must follow Christ himself, the road to glory was through suffering. I could not help this week thinking word after word after word from the Old Testament to the New Testament how Jesus suffered. Words such as he was stricken, smitten, afflicted, pierced, crushed, beaten, slapped, spat, scourged, wound, punishment, to amplify all. He was disfigured. They could not recognize him. Yes, for him he suffered not because of anything bad he did, but he suffered for us. Suffering penetrating his own inmost being. And what struck me is that his suffering were grounded in the sovereign God's pleasure. Sovereign good pleasure of God. You read in the Old Testament, like this verse that is coming on the screen, it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. Verse 4 and verse 6, he was smitten by God, stricken by God, afflicted by God, suffering, being grounded in the good pleasure of God. Zechariah 13 verse 7 takes it even farther, saying that uh, it is uh, basically the Lord who awakens the sword against uh, his beloved one. You remember in John 18 verse 11, Jesus uh, just saying to Peter, put on your sword. Peter, don't fight because... Shall I not drink the cup the Father gave me to drink? So if Jesus suffered, what about us? Look at the next passage. 
Believers, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And that one, we are destined for trials. Now, you may be saying where you are, this is hard. Friends, God's plan for his people may seem strange. For that, those who are children of God had to expect the suffering. Sometimes it doesn't register in our mind. How come God's beloved children had to suffer? Why God will not say you should not suffer? We struggle sometimes to cope with these questions. But maybe we can get a little wisdom from people of the past. Martin Luther said this. When things are difficult and we don't understand and we may ask a question, why, why? We must simply let God be God. When things are hard, we try to figure out in the mind that we can understand that. Sometimes we just arrive there to say, let God be God. And perhaps when we go through suffering, maybe, just maybe, we can just be like a Jesus who learned Obedience through suffering. Read Hebrews chapter 5 verse 8. You see that? Maybe. But though intense suffering may be, here's the good news. Suffering for believers will be far outweighed by the coming glory. Paul says, I consider, after saying, you know, we should also share in the suffering of Jesus, in verse 18, he says, for I consider. In other words, Paul sat down and began to calculate mentally, looking at the suffering. By the way, Paul is not just a guy who talks suffering, not knowing suffering. When we were in Aberdeen, um, we've just arrived in Aberdeen and we're listening to a sermon and my wife at the end of the sermon asked me, do these people know really suffering? They're talking about suffering. Do they know suffering? I got it what she said there. She thought. Because it's suffering and suffering. And she did not miss that we don't suffer here. But look, Paul, at least by this time, he's the one who has gone for 20 years of suffering. I wish I had a time. If you read in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 and verse 28, you'll see what Paul is saying, the suffering that he went through and through in his life. But then he sat down. You know, sometimes it's good to sit down and begin to put things on a scale. Suffering 
the glory that is to come. And he realized the glory that is to come is so bright and shining that suffering fade away. Well, thank God as well that this suffering are limited. They're not eternal. Look at what Paul wrote somewhere else. Our light and momentary is not just saying they are not suffering. He knows they are painful, but he sees them are just a light. And they are momentary trouble, but they are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Friends, it is a vision of the glory to come that will enable us to be sustained as we go through suffering. The picture that came to my mind is the picture of Stephen in the Bible who's being stoned. But the things that enable him to endure the pain of being stoned to death was that he looked up in heaven and saw the glory of God. But also Jesus, who normally is seated and here is standing, is like well done, Stephen. Welcome home. And he could endure what he was enduring. Friends, this is not the end of life. There are better tomorrows. And may we help lift up our eyes up and see the coming glory. Allow me to say two things quickly. as part of this good news, that when we are suffering, we are not left alone. We are sustained by two things. Number one, hope. I don't want to go into details on this. But as someone say, rob a person of hope, and at once you paralyze the man spring of action. You see, one of my friend, friends here love Frederick Nietzsche. One thing which I disagree with Nietzsche is that one day he sneered at the thought saying, I quote, in reality, hope is the worst of all evils because it prolongs man's torment. You know, in other words, hope is often vilified as the, the thief of logic and a fool of reason. But actually, when you come to the Bible, my friends, hope is that uh, thing which we call like in Scotland, uh, someone who can speak for the whole Scotland. Hope never shut up. Hope keeps on uh, saying you can do it. It is there. Look at it. If you read the studies of those soldiers who um, were captured in war, 
and held for many months in captivity. One thing in common with all of them that made them to endure what they went through is that they have the hope of being released. And in here we are told we have a hope. We are saved by hope. There is a hope. We haven't yet seen it, but it is there. And we just have to wait patiently. It's a big word there. Big word, patiently. Never give up. That song we I just put there, the other day I woke up in the morning, I sent that to all our families. I said, just listen. Because sometimes you might be thinking life is ending. But there is better tomorrows. That's the hope. Hope is the audacity of faith under adversity. When all seems lost, the only thing remains their hope. Paul has been building to this theme of hope from verse, chapter 4, verse 18, to telling us already about hope against all hopes. And chapter 5, verse 2, he said, we exult, we rejoice in the hope that is there. And here is a saying, there's a hope. But the second thing and the last one that sustains us, my dear friends, and it's not a thing, it's a person, is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one of the persons that is less spoken during the Advent season, but he has a tremendous role as even in this Advent season. But look here, as we wait for the second Advent, Jesus Christ to come, the Holy Spirit in this passage helps. The Holy Spirit intercede, offering prayers. When life becomes so difficult and we don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit is there. Why? The Holy Spirit is helping us and uh, journeying with us because the Holy Spirit has already given us a foretaste of what is to come. And it's like, uh, I've given you to test how good is uh, what is to come. And I'm not going to leave you. I will journey with you. The Holy Spirit. Friends, when, if you go into look at this, you'll see how things are in this passage. It's like we cannot go on life without the help of the Holy Spirit. Just like Martha asked the Lord, why does Mary doesn't help me? I cannot continue to do the work these core works of family, I need help. The Holy Spirit does help us. So as I come to the end, to all of us who are believers, 
the only place and the only moment when all our groanings will cease is when the glory comes. When we will be glorified, no matter what we face now, no matter what we endure tomorrow, they're going to be like just a faint thing of yesterday. That glory is coming. Where this week, my wife had pity on me. Sorry to pick you, darling. But this week has been quite tough because my voice went, and then I have a sore neck. And I was preparing, I said, Lord, thank, thank you that one day I'm going to have a resurrected body. No ache, no pain, no oh. Seriously, friends, that what is coming, a resurrected body, glorified. That's the only time when all our groanings will cease. And so let's be like a Paul say, no matter what we face, I consider that this present suffering are just meaningless compared. Let's anticipate also this marvelous day. But also, let's remember as this passage that as we go through now as believers, we are being changed from glory into Christ's ever-increasing glory. But for all of you who are seeking and who are not yet believers, let me invite you, just like Moses invited someone, and you can read the story, he said to him, come with us for the Lord has promised good things. Join us in the journey as a Christian. Don't sit on the fence. Come. The Lord has promised good things to us. And the good things from the Lord will soon be there. To God be the glory. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Though the road may seem tough now, Lord Jesus, you walked the road which we are walking in. And would you help us so that one day we be glorified in and with you. And continue to speak to us as we sing and as we pray. In your name we pray. Amen.